Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Good morning. It's Thursday, July 30th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined by Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports National College Football Writer, and we have some breaking news to discuss. The ACC has released what it hopes to be its 2020 schedule. There are no dates on these uh, on this schedule, but we've got every team, including Notre Dame. We've got a plan for our conference championship, and we, we know for each team who's going to be home and who's going to be away for every matchup. Chris, this certainly feels like real college football news. And as we sit down and talk about it, you just whipped up some big takeaways, an article that everyone can find on 247sports.com right now. And your big takeaways start with Notre Dame. Yeah, and it's, it's funny. I think just this morning we were kind of talking about how it feel like we were 30 days away from the season. And I think this announcement right now really kind of grounds the fact that football is coming and we're going to play uh, in some capacity this year. And Notre Dame, is, Notre Dame is certainly the key takeaway here. Not only are the Irish playing ACC games, they were readily scheduled to have five. They're doubling that total to 10. But they're going to be able to compete for the conference championship this season. So we could see a scenario in which Notre Dame, a team, and I think it's 113-year history that doesn't actually own a conference title, could win its first ever conference title in the ACC. It's strange times. I think the caveat there is Notre Dame will split its NBC money uh, this year. Uh, Notre Dame has a very prominent contract with NBC to broadcast its football games, and that money will be evenly distributed across kind of the rest of the ACC. That's kind of the deal Notre Dame struck to move from independent to a conference member. But it's, it's going to be really interesting to see the Irish as an ACC team this year. We're keeping Notre Dame-Clemson on the schedule, but we'll get games like Notre Dame-FSU that we didn't have in the past. It's going to be really exciting to have Notre Dame in a conference. I've, I think we've all always wondered what Notre Dame's path would look like if it joined a league. We have a very set, defined kind of path towards the playoff for every other notable contender each season through their conference championship schedule. But Notre Dame, we've always just assumed they have to run the table and go unbeaten. But now we're presented with a scenario in which like Notre Dame could maybe lose to Clemson early in the season, beat Clemson in the ACC championship game and go to the playoff. And I, I just think given the brand that Notre Dame is and given the team Notre Dame is, I believe we had them number eight in our preseason top 25 this year. Like this could be just like one of the biggest storylines in college football simply because Notre Dame is a conference affiliated member and has a better chance of making the playoff now than it did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I kind of had to jab you back on Twitter when you, you wrote about the <laughs> irony of Notre Dame maybe winning its first ever conference championship and then bouncing back to independent. I said, yeah, they're going to just, what, beat or lose 30-3 to three to, to Clemson because they're probably going to have to play them twice. So Notre Dame's schedule, I think they got a pretty good home slate. They already, again, they were already scheduled to host Clemson. They were already scheduled to host Louisville. If I'm Florida State, I'm probably not very happy that you're sending me to South Bend 
in the ACC's first and only year as a full-time conference member, right? That's kind of that's kind of interesting how that happened. So Notre Dame is going to host Florida State, also host Duke and Syracuse, and then the Fighting Irish will hit the road for Boston College, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, and Wake Forest. I would put decent money right now on Notre Dame playing Clemson in the ACC championship game, which you mentioned is just it's Big 12 style now. We we get the, the two best teams in the conference, and I think that's worked out for the Big 12, hasn't it, Chris? For, for those listening who are going to say, ooh, one versus two, what if two knocks off one? We haven't seen that in the Big 12, and if anything, it, it helps justify number one's case to make the playoff by beating a very quality opponent at the end of the season. Yeah, it's always, at least in recent history, it's been a statement win for, I guess, Oklahoma, because they're the only yeah, team just that's OU. Yeah, just OU. It's helped OU. But in a lot of cases, I know like the argument is it's going to hurt the second team in the conference championship game by applying a loss and making it less likely they go to a major bowl. But I think overall, it's really helped the league. And I don't. Well, I don't that's think it's not true either. That's not uh, Texas and Baylor both lost to Oklahoma and made the Sugar Bowl in back to back years. I think TCU would be the team you'd point to. I believe that team was ten and two when it went in and got blown out by Oklahoma, and they didn't make a. They didn't make a game, but you're right. Like there, it's generally has not hurt the Big Twelve at all, and I think a lot of us expected it to. And in a schedule like this, where not everybody, where teams aren't playing everyone, I think doing conference winning percentage as opposed to divisions makes a lot of sense in this kind of crazy year. So I, I think, given the circumstances, the ACC put out a really good plan, yeah. at least from a scheduling perspective. It it took a little bit for that graphic to sort of set into my brain, and then it made a lot of sense. I, I really enjoyed it. So <laughs> it's let's a lot jump. of logos, man. Yeah, it's it a is lot of a ton logos. of logos. But that's how we think. Like We think in logos now. We think in school colors and mascots. The season's going to start, hopefully, on September 5th. League championship on the 12th or 19th of December. And then this the September 5th, that was targeted as the on-time start to any season. And it looks like maybe the Big 12 is going to try to do them one week earlier on August 29th. And that was the subject of yesterday's podcast with Brandon Marcello. And speaking of Brandon Marcello, Chris, I would, is, go ahead. I would point out real quick, if the ACC is moving to this model, and earlier we saw a report from Sports Illustrated that the SEC is considering a conference-only model, it... I just, it doesn't seem very likely that the Big 12 can keep that 12 game schedule intact. Like, they're going to lose some games off the schedule from other conferences. And it would, it'd stick out like a sore thumb to have the Big 12 as the only conference out there playing a full 12 game schedule. So that's just something to note from here. There's always dominoes that are going to fall. What I was going to say was the ACC <laughs> is going to start that season on September 5th. And it looks likely if any other conference will play conference or, or non-conference games it looks possible or likely that that first week is when those would happen right because the acc here is banking on a 10 plus one model so despite the report that the sec is looking at conference only if the big 10 is looking at conference only if the pac-12 is looking at conference only is the acc and the big 12 are we just going to have a, a basketball type marriage here where where they go okay uh Texas versus Miami. You're like, is that is that what's going to happen? And, and again, the timing too, that first week is when the ACC would like to knock out its non-conference games, according to Brandon Marcello. And the notable ones for the ACC, that's Florida State, Florida. That's Clemson, South Carolina. That's Georgia Tech, Georgia. Yeah, I, that's, that's a good point. I think what you're going to see is more likely the ACC retain some of the games already on its schedule. I believe Miami's AD has already said, 
they were going to play one of the three non-conference games on their schedule against um, Group of Five or FCS competition, kind of keep that game intact. I don't think you're going to see a last-minute partnership between the Big 12 and ACC to kind of save these non-conference games. That ship has largely sailed. And I think an important caveat is the ACC is saying that one non-conference game has to be in their home state. So when you kind of think about that, there's not a lot of crossover between the ACC and the Big 12 in that regard. So it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for those kind of two conferences to link up and save the season. So th- so that game has to be in your home state. That's yeah. Okay. All that's, right. Well, uh, that I mean, again, that makes sense. Clemson, South Carolina, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State. Okay, that's that's good to know. Yeah, and I I guess eventually we're going to get to the point when the Big Twelve and the SEC make a decision. We'll finally get to what's happening at the Group of Five level. But as you said, that's probably where they come in. Let's talk about some of the new games we're going to get. We don't need to break these down, but we're adding Miami at Clemson. And the last two times these teams have played, it's been a Clemson runaway, including 38 to three in that 2017 ACC. Miami, Miami was definitely not back that day. No, not back. And Clemson got Al gold and fired a few years before in 2015 as well with a massive blowout, uh, Florida state at Notre Dame. You already talked about it. That's like, it's a prestigious game for Florida state. That's just really tough for Mike Norvell, especially if they figure out a way to keep Florida on the schedule. North Carolina yeah, Florida, at Florida State got the short end of the scheduling stick. I think so too. North Carolina at Florida State. You made an interesting note here. It's a big time Sam Howell game. Yeah, Sam Howell. Uh, for those who don't follow recruiting closely, and I hope it's all of y'all listening to this podcast, but he was committed to Florida State for a really long time. Willie Taggart, uh, Mac Brown came in. He hired Phil Longo. He made a really strong push for their home state quarterback, and Sam Howell flipped and. That meant that Florida State didn't sign a quarterback for, I believe, two full cycles or maybe even three. And not only they did not sign a quarterback, they lost one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Sam Howell. So it'll be, that'll be a really intriguing matchup. I talked to Sam Howell for a story that'll be coming out later this year. Uh, later later this, this year? Like a well, Hollywood month, release schedule? Like a, next month, okay. I suppose, um, the preseason schedule. And he said he's going to root for... Uh, He's going to root for Florida State in every game, but when they play them, I pointed out that North Carolina didn't have Florida State on the schedule for a year or two, and he kind of laughed and said that's a good thing. But uh, now uh, now those two are going to go head-to-head once again. All right, well, I can't wait for December, uh, the release of Chris Nolan's Tenet and your story on Sam Howell. And then Clemson at Virginia Tech. Like You can, you can kind of close your eyes a little bit and, and squint, and this is a tough schedule for Clemson. They, they, they don't have to play Louisville anymore. That's the one notable good game that's nixed from the schedule was Louisville at Clemson. But Clemson adds Miami. Clemson adds Virginia Tech. They don't play North Carolina. They're probably breathing a sigh of relief there um, because they also have to play Notre Dame. But I wonder in a way if the ACC was trying to make it a little bit tougher on Clemson to give them Virginia Tech. And I think that, that could be a fun game in Blacksburg. Well, Clemson, like when you think about it this way, Clemson every year usually only plays one team in their talent zip code. That's Florida State. And Florida State isn't even recruiting at that level right now, so it's not even a qualification. To add Virginia Tech, and Miami wasn't on the schedule before, correct? That's a new game? That's correct, yeah. To add Miami, which is another team that can at least be in the same talent zip code as Clemson, and to keep Notre Dame on the schedule and to play Florida State, it's like it's not a difficult it's not a difficult schedule for Clemson because Clemson is still the best team in this conference by a wide margin. But there are at least some games where you might have to like 
pay attention into the fourth quarter, including that Virginia Tech contest. That's intriguing. Uh, for think, the Tigers. Yeah, and I think all things all things considered, it's going to be a zany year. We're probably going to have weeks where your star players might be out. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have a better strength of schedule compared to a worse strength of schedule. Who knows if you're going to be able to run the table in 2020? That I mean, I don't know what that's going to look like. So, and, and this is definitely for another day. But if there was ever going to be a year where we had a two loss. Um, college football playoff participant i think it's going to be this one i know that seems counterintuitive with less games but i just think this year is going to be really crazy i think so too i think the committee will will charge itself with recognizing the four best teams the college football daily will be right back this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, let's. I think that'll do it for that. Let's quickly switch gears, and then we'll get out of here. But speaking of Virginia Tech, Caleb Farley, one of the best players in America, number 16 player in our ranking of the top 50, the cornerback from Virginia Tech, and they produce a lot of them, is opting out for the 2020 season. That news broke right before the ACC schedule came out in a video, and Caleb just said, look, he's too too much risk, and he's ready to start preparing for the 2021 NFL draft. You tend to think that this won't be the last of this type of announcement. Yeah, no doubt. I think we, when we saw NFL players and some really notable NFL players yesterday start to opt out, you kind of figured you would see college football players play suit. I've, I've talked to a couple of college football players the last week, just kind of on the side. And a lot of them are very confused. A lot of them want to play a season, but aren't sure if their health is really being paid attention to. And a lot of them are just worried in general because they don't have a lot of answers. And when you're a top draft pick, potentially, like Caleb Farley, and those things are stacking up, I am not at all surprised to see him uh, skip his uh, redshirt junior season. And he, in his video that he shared online, he said he had lost his mom to breast cancer a couple of years ago. Health is paramount to him, and I completely understand the decision. But if this season has more question marks, I would not at all be shocked to see players similar to him, in other words, likely high draft picks, go ahead and skip. I covered this subject a couple of weeks ago, talking to those around top prospects about what they would do if the season was in the spring. And I think perhaps that decision timeline has been bumped up a little bit. And I would not be surprised if there were other kind of star players this season choosing hmm. to sit out. My counter to that is the Venn diagram here of who's likely to sit out. In a spring season, it would be your best players. Your Trevor Lawrence's, your Justin Fields, your Panay Sewell's, Jamar Chase's. In this scenario, I almost think it would be like the NFL. Like Damian Williams, the Chiefs' backup running back, is sitting out this season. You know, Clyde Edwards Alaire isn't going to sit out this season. Patrick Mahomes isn't going to sit out this season. So I, I think I think you're going to see for college, yes, the guy sitting out this fall probably already have a professional future secured or else they would want to play to secure a professional future. However, you, I would be surprised, Chris, 
if we see guys from top 25 teams or teams with college football playoff hopes sit out. Like, again, if this was a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence, a Jamar Chase, or a Panache Sewell, I would be shocked if they opted out this fall. I My line of thought is I tend to agree, and I haven't, I haven't really had the, the news of um, Caleb Farley opting out happened right around the same time as the ACC schedule, and we've been kind of just nose to the grindstones for the last hour. I haven't had a lot of time to check around. But I would point out that those NFL players that you mentioned are highly compensated. And that's, that's just kind of the one caveat here that I, we all expect and we all know that these guys are competitors. I don't think anybody I talk to would voluntarily skip their kind of final season of college football. If it was a normal season, these guys want to win. But when you consider that they are not compensated, and this might even, had this been 2021 and NIL was passed, and they were making money through endorsements, I think this would be a totally different conversation. But given that some of these top players are not compensated and their value once they leave college is going to be really high from an endorsement perspective as well. Like, I think you're going to see a couple maybe make that choice. I don't think it's going to be all of them. And I don't think it's going to be every one of your notable stars, but we've already seen a couple players opt out. And I don't think we'll be alone in that regard. I, I can't tell you who it's going to be, but like, we're, we've seen three already and that's a trend. And I just, I know there's a lot of kind of unsettled feelings about all of this right now. So with all those factors combined, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to play the doom and gloom here. I think most of them will play and I'm excited to have a season, but it's just, I think that's just kind of the reality. We're going to have to expect a couple of players to opt out. Okay. All right. Well, newsy day. Uh, we'll keep, keep you everyone, uh, in, in line or in, in tune with what's going on. But again, ACC schedules out. We'll wait for dates. Caleb Farley, often out. We'll see who else joins him. Thank you to Chris Hummer for joining us today on the College Football Daily. Thanks again to our producer, Tony Levitt, for putting this thing together. My name is Trey Scott. We will see you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.